pretty impressive. What, what grade is he now in? Fifth grader to stand up here in front of all of you and read scripture like that. Uh, I don't know if I would have done that. And if I did, I wouldn't have done it as well as he did that during church. And when you see Camden after church, make sure you say good things to him. I'm going to read uh, another story to you from scripture. This is from Genesis. Oh, no, you can just keep it back there. Yeah. They're asking about the offering basket. It's not an inside joke. This is Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. The Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he left there. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, and may God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation, and may God give us wisdom and courage as we do our best to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. This week, we're starting a sermon series that I've been thinking about for about a month and a half, two months now, about finding our why. I saw a video several uh, years ago and then was reminded of it about eight months ago. It's a TED Talk by a guy named Simon Sinek on finding our why. And uh, I'll, we'll have a link sent out to that to you this afternoon so that you can uh, hopefully watch the whole video because it's really powerful. There are two versions. There's like a 17 long minute version of it. You don't need to watch that one. You can probably watch the five minute version and get as much out of it. But what I want to do uh, today is start a larger conversation with you that will start today and we'll try to wrap it up in about four weeks, right before we lead into Advent, which is uh, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, which by the way, uh, I, I just want to say on a side note, um, I think it would, might be cool if we all would commit to getting our Christmas shopping done before December 1st. <laughs> Let me tell you why. That way, during that season of Advent, which is a time of preparation and waiting, we could see that as a season of spiritual growth instead of a season of rushing and hurrying and spending more money than we ought to. And so I would just encourage you to do that if you haven't thought about uh, getting your Christmas shopping done. You might want to rush during this month and relax during the month uh, leading up to Christmas. That's a whole nother sermon series and Bible study that might be coming your way. Anyway, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about finding our why. So in this morning's Hebrew Bible scripture that I just read to you, we heard about Abram and Sarai. Now, you may have known them as Abraham and Sarah, their names change after they have this amazing encounter with God. But at the age of 75, Abram and Sarai set out from all they have ever known, everything they've ever known. They leave at the age of 75 years old to embark on a new life in a place that is yet unknown to them. I don't know if you caught that part. 
But God tells them to gather all of their things and all of their friends and people that they need to take with them, which is very few, and go to a place which I will show you, God says. Let it never be said that God can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's hard for us to imagine in this day and age of spontaneous road trips and flights leaving the El Paso airport daily to all places around the world. But in ancient times, your tribe and your family and your land were everything to you. And to leave the land you were born in where your ancestors have lived for generation upon generation would have been to leave behind your, not just your identity, but your identity, and not just your identity, but also your community, but not just your identity and your community, but you also would have been led, leaving behind your income, and not just those three, three things, but you would be leaving behind every single thing that makes you feel secure. I don't know if you or I would have had the courage or would have the courage to follow God the way that Abram and Sarai did. The fact is, it's not just the place that they were going that was unknown to them. But at this point in the story, God is still unknown to them. We're three chapters away from God making the big covenant with Abram and Sarai, saying your, number, your offspring will number the stars in the sky, and all these things like that big portion of the covenant is three chapters away, so they don't quite know who this is that is calling them to do this thing. But what has me intrigued are that Abram and Sarai are the type of people that you may be or that you may know who take great risks and leave out into the unknown and commit to following a course even when they can't see where it will lead. And I often wonder what makes people do that. What makes people be bold enough to jump out into the unknown and follow a course that they don't quite know where it's going? What force is powerful enough to help people overcome their fears and overcome their doubts and overcome the questions and overcome the uncertainty? What I want to propose today and over the next few weeks is that it is, it is the power of why. Their why is their purpose, their belief, their vision. They found something so deep and so true and so motivating within them that they are willing to spend their entire lives on it, to pour out their heart and their soul and their resources into this vision of creating a better world. Simon Sinek, in his video, talks about what he calls the golden circle, and I'll do my best to butcher it for you. That way you'll have to go watch the video and you'll be like, what was he talking about? <coughs> So in the middle of this golden circle is the why. And then there is the how. And then there is the what. I hope you all can see that. I wrote it a little bigger than I did for the last service. But most people will start with the what. The this is what I do, and this is how I do it, and this is why I do it. <coughs> what I do and how I do it. But Sinek talks about Apple computers and how they reverse that and literally change the world by reversing it. 
they start with their why. We want to be a disruptive force in the way computers are thought about and used, and we always want to we we always want to challenge the status quo. Why do we do the things we do? Because we want to be a disruptive disruptive force that challenges the status quo of all types of manufacturing. How do we do that? Well, we make beautifully designed computers that look appealing to the eye and are pretty functional and easy to use. Would you like to buy one? They start from the inside and they work their way out. Over these next few weeks, my hope is that you and I and we will figure out what our why is. The why is why we are willing to buy telephones, and before that, MP3 players that were made by a computer company. That's all Apple is, is a computer company. And other people have tried it. If you remember the MP3 players that were made by Dell? That's why. Because they started with what, not why. Their why was, we want to make more money. So we're going to try to do what Apple does. Dell doesn't make telephones. And if they did, you probably wouldn't buy one. You may be even saying, what is Dell? <laughs> Another example that he gives is Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was not the only person working during the Civil Rights Movement. Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't the only person giving speeches. Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't the only one preaching sermons. And he definitely wasn't the only person on the ground working for change. But what Martin Luther King Jr. had that other people weren't able to articulate in the same way was the why. His why was that he believed that human beings have this innate dignity that is given to them by God. And he believed that there should be and could be a place where in the United States all human beings are seen as worthy of dignity and love and equality regardless of race or gender. And at the end of his life, he even started talking about orientation. His vision and his purpose is what drew a quarter of a million people to stand on the mall in Washington, D.C. in August. Can you imagine... New Mexicans, that type of heat and humidity. Only if you've ever gone on vacation someplace like that. He didn't go around telling people how this change ought to happen. He didn't have specifics for it. He didn't say, America, you need to pass this law and this law and take these steps to get this done. He just said, this is what is needs to happen. We have to have this. He cast this vision that was his why. And people showed up, not for him, zero people showed up for him. They showed up because they believed it themselves. They believed that America could be better. So they stood in the sun in Washington in the middle of August after taking eight hour bus trips with no air conditioning. And by the way, the famous speech that they heard that day was, I have a dream, not I have a plan. I think that Jesus, in the story that Camden read to us, spent 40 days in the wilderness cultivating his own personal why. 
I think he was marinating on his why, that he was fasting and praying and communing with God, focusing on the why of the ministry he was about to undertake and resisting the whys that would have twisted and perverted his own personal why to making it be about him. I don't know if you noticed, but the adversary was tempting him to make it about himself. Jesus, you could be rich, you could rule the world, you could have anything you wanted to eat, you could do all of these things. That was all about Jesus, and Jesus resisted that every single step of the way because Jesus offers to use his power in a way that would help others. He could have started out with a what? Reforming Judaism or healing people. He could have even started out with a how? Getting really good at rhetoric and preaching and perfecting his miraculous powers. But instead, Jesus zeroes in on his why. And if I had to take a stab at it, I'd say that Jesus' why is this. Inviting people into the expansive, loving household of God. God's household of love and justice and wholeness and reconciliation is not somewhere off out there, Jesus would say, but it can be had here and now. Would you like to be part of it? More than any plan or method or strategy, this why fueled Jesus through three long years of ministry and suffering and eventually crucifixion. And it has fueled thousands of years of the same type of thinking to get us here in this room today. Thank God. Jesus didn't come out of that 40 days with a mission statement, something like, Judaism, you'll like it better reformed. Or, be healed, because I'm really good at miracles. So the next four Sundays, we're going to spend some time, you're going to spend some time, I'm going to spend some time thinking about our whys. Our personal whys, and our wise as a faith community. And in my experience of trying to remember what my whys are and hold on to my whys, the more I work at it, the better I get at it. So I want to give you a little bit of food for thought, and we're going to watch a video by a comedian named Michael Jr. to help you understand what I'm talking about. supposed to do? The, the question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie, because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at three o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country and I do stand-up comedy. In case you didn't know. And in the middle of my comedy set, sometime I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's. 
you know, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let me get a couple Let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Go ahead. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Smooth road ahead of you. 
That's why you have to share your why with people that will hold you accountable to it and remind you of who you are when you forget. Because you will forget who you are. My why led me to quitting my job, talking to Shelly and quitting hers, and us selling our house and moving nine hours away from anybody that we knew, period, so that I could go to graduate school, so that I could do the type of work that I'm doing now. And we get there, and we had built up some savings, and I've told you this story before, but it illustrates my why, and why it's important to share our why with people better than any other thing I know. And so we've built up some savings in preparation for this move, and we get there, and things cost, with Denver, Colorado, cost more than we thought it was going to cost, and our cars start breaking down, and we're struggling to find jobs that will pay us to be able to keep our savings intact, and little by little, it's down to where it's like less than $1,000, and we'd only been there a few months. And October rolls around, and this news comes on that there's going to be a blizzard, and I'm from southern New Mexico, and I freak the heck out. Like, what is a blizzard, right? And so they start saying, they start explaining what it is, and that you need to get your propane tanks full, you need to have $100 worth of gas. Like, it's the snowpocalypse that's coming. And you gotta have firewood if you have a fireplace. And so we get the cash, and make sure the propane tanks are full, and Elise and I, she's like this little uh, three-year-old girl. We jump into my pickup, we go to this place to buy firewood. It's one of those places like you drive up on scales, they weigh everything. You drive off, you fill your truck up, you come back, they weigh it, and then you pay the difference, right? And so I weigh on the scales, and I go and I park, and I tell Elise, I'll be right back. I go in, I pay for the firewood, I come out, and I start my truck, and it's just clipped. Nothing. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> there were other words, you know. <clears throat> so I call Michelle, and I said, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to get home, we're going to get through this snowstorm, and then I'm going to drop out of school, we're going back to southern New Mexico, I'll just get a job working in the oil field, it'll pay more money and less stress anyway, like, let's just go do that. Michelle knew my why, because I'd shared it with her, and she said, Ross, you've got homework to do. Get home. Get to work. Because we didn't sell our house and quit our job and come all the way up here for one hard time to come up and you just quit. When you find your why, tell it to people. For several reasons. One, they can remind you when you forget who you are. But also, maybe your why will inspire them. And secondly, the last thing I really want to talk about is this theme about Abram and Sarai. They get called by this God that they don't really know to go to a place where they don't really know to go. And I wonder what their why was. Why in the world would somebody do what they had done? And I think it's the promise. I think their why was the promise. It wasn't because they were going to have land to farm. That's the what. And it wasn't because they were going to have lots of children. That might be the how. I don't know. Maybe it's reversed. It gets a little complicated sometimes. But I think their why was the promise that you will be a blessing to the nations. 
A good wine isn't about us, it's about other people. A good wine is something that inspires us to do things for other people. And so in these next few weeks as we talk about our whys and what they are, and I give you some tools to help you discover what your why is, and it really doesn't matter if you're Camden who's in fifth grade, or if you're in college, or if you're way beyond retirement into like real retirement, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter. We all can have a why that motivates us and pushes us forward. And if we all have one and know how to get there, we will have this inspiration as a community that can really change the world around us. And we will do it in the name of our creator, 